Welcome to the World Harvest Church podcast channel. We hope you enjoyed this message. We thank you for that goodness. It is the goodness and mercy that are following us all the days of our lives. And when we get up in the morning, we'll still sing and testify, no matter what we're facing, of your goodness, of that mercy, of your faithfulness. We can stand in the face of every circumstance and say, my God, he is faithful. My God is good. My God is holy. My God is love. My God is peace. My God is increase. My God is healing. And Father, we will for the rest of our lives testify, sing, and tell others about your wonderful goodness that is always flowing in our direction. And tonight, that goodness comes in the form of your word. And so we've come to receive of the goodness through your word, through revelation. We thank you, Father, for that fresh, new, and extraordinary hunger for your word and to know you in the power of your resurrection, fresh upon this congregation. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated this evening. Well, before I go any further, we have a special announcement to make. Pastor Nancy's going to preach on Sunday. I had to put it out there before any plans change. She told me in the back room. I said, well, I'm going to announce it. Told Chelsea, I'm going to announce it real quick. So we got her locked in. Maybe she'll do like a doctor and cut the live stream and just, you know, let it go. Doctor used to do that in Merced because he could just tell it all go. Let, yeah, tell it all, let it all go. Like he didn't care what he said when he was there and how he said it. And they didn't care either. And so he, they'd cut the live stream so he would say more and do more, you know, flow. So I said, maybe she'll cut the live stream and go old school, you know? Yeah, no. She can do it. She, she made me thinking, I'll get some broadcasts out of that. <laughs> no. Either way, we're receiving her. We'll receive her on Sunday. As uh, Well, you can. I'll be in Florida with my family. But uh, you'll receive her uh, in, from the office and in that place that she walks in, in that prophet's office. Important. Um, those of you who have been here for some time that we're not receiving her as we remember her how things used to be, but uh, that we're receiving her from that office that she walks in now. Amen. Amen. So bring your faith, bring a friend, bring yourself, bring your response, bring it all, and uh, uh, be ready on Sunday. Amen. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, a very specific direction to go tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I don't think I've ever taught this message in this way, or this particular set of scriptures, but 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and uh, look at verse 6, for God, I'm going to read out the Amplified. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. I, I like that right there. That the same God who said, let light be 
in the middle of darkness, in the face of darkness. He didn't call light out of darkness. He spoke light into darkness. This is the difference of the flow of the believer, okay? Is we aren't waiting for something in the darkness to give us hope and give us light. Does that make sense? That is operating by the natural carnal nature, that we're going to have hope and we're going to have more expectation if our circumstance would just, you know, just change a little bit. Just get a little something to get excited about, a little something to look forward to. But God didn't look for anything in the darkness before he spoke, let the light be. This is how the believer operates. We don't need any light before we, we speak our own light. If it looks dark, you bring it. If it looks like it's getting darker, you turn that light up brighter. I'm not waiting on somebody to turn that light on for me. You know, you sit in bed and, and you know, you tell your spouse, can you turn the light off? You know, can you turn the light on? I, I can't see when I, you don't want to stub your toe. You know, you can't see what's going. You can't wait on somebody to turn that light on for you. You're authorized every day. Look at this scripture. It says here, for the God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts. So now he, that same light, that same faith that spoke it into existence here, it says now he's put that in your heart. That exact same light he's put in your heart, that exact same faith he's put inside of you. Uh, has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and the glory of God, as it is manifest in the person is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Verse seven. However, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel. There it is again, the divine light of the gospel. So whatever natural circumstance you're facing, you can meet that with divine light. The devil doesn't have anything divine. He doesn't have anything uh, uh, magical, you know, majestic, anything holy, anything righteous. So anytime you take the word of God, the divine, holy word of God, you are meeting him uh, at his, where he's trying to work. You're meeting him not only from above, but you're bringing down divine light. Yes. Yes. Divine light. Not something I'm trying to muster up. Not something I'm trying to get going here. Not something from my natural man. Not something from my thought life. Not something from, you know, that I heard, you know, five years ago. But divine light, when the word of God, when we're tending to that treasure within us, then we've got a flow coming out of us that is so divine. No devil can stop it. No devil can stop. No devil can even hinder it. Because the darkness couldn't hinder what God said was light. And he just said right here, that same light in you, I, it's been put on the inside of you. And there's a purpose to it. Verse 7, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth, that the grandeur and exceeding greatness of the power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. 
There's the purpose. God in you, the hope of glory. Not just in you, but to be seen on you, to be seen flowing from you. We're not satisfied that he's in us. That leads to, when you just get satisfied that he's in you, I'm talking about just resting, he's in me, I'm going to heaven, that will lead to a carnal mentality. Anytime a believer settles, I'm born again, I'm going to, and we settle and we just, I'm not saying that we don't recognize and glorify and continue to praise God for that, but I'm talking about you're just settled with that. That's enough for me. That is not enough for me. And the scripture says it shouldn't be enough. There's a purpose for the light that's in you. And it says that others may see the power and the glory of God coming through you. It doesn't matter how wonderfully, ladies, we get up and do our makeup in the morning. Doesn't matter, men, how many facials you get or how much you do your hair or how nice you look or how, you know, you get out of your scrubby work clothes and you put on your nice clothes. None of that matters because none of it radiates the glory of God. Without the word of God, that's why there's so many, the, the world magnifies outer beauty glorifies outer beauty, recognizes outer beauty. And this is saying, you're gonna shine so bright, the light comes out, that treasure in that vessel that no matter, you know, it, it really, we could say, no matter, this is how I think doctor has said, no matter how ugly you are, <laughs> right? You know, that would have been his term. It says, in a frail human vessel, no matter how ugly you are, you know, he would make up his own you know, kind of interpretation. He really stretched that a lot. Uh, yeah, do not be ignorant of spiritual things. He'd say, you know what that means? That means don't be stupid. <laughs> we all heard him say that. Don't be stupid. And so uh, no matter what you look like, where you came from, where you've been, what you've done, how you've struggled, the mistakes you've made, all that from the outside man, when that light starts rising up from the inside, the word on the inside, you take that treasure and value that treasure on the inside. Put the value on it that it's really worth. We'll never fully know what it's worth. We will never fully. Well, it, we know this, it was worth the price of a man's blood. A holy man the son of God. <laughs> so will we ever on this, in this lifetime fully comprehend that? No, we won't. But what we can do is protect that treasure. And we want to talk about that tonight. What is that treasure? And it says here, uh, however, we possess this treasure, the divine light of the gospel in frail human vessels of earth. Turn with me, go back to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight, because we have to understand what the word says about the frail human vessel and what the word, uh, what God wants to tell us about the human vessel and how he interprets and how he says we should deal with it and how he says we should think about this human vessel so that we don't mix up the direction from the human vessel or the direction from the treasure? 
because this human vessel has a lot to say. It's got a lot to say. It's got a lot of feelings, a lot of, you know, expressions. Look at verse five, really the whole, all of Romans chapter eight, but we won't read it all, but all of Romans chapter eight is dealing with the vessel. Romans eight, verse five, for those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the spirit and are controlled by the desires of the spirit, set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. When we gratify the flesh, what gratify means is to satisfy and please. Say satisfy and please. Say again, satisfy and please. That's what gratify means. You are satisfying and pleasing the flesh. Not just taking care of it. (laughs) You're satisfying it and pleasing it. Like a child would please a parent, what is that? You do what your flesh wants you to do. When my child is pleasing to me, the most important thing is not mommy, I love you, it's yes ma'am, and they do what I say. That's pleasing. And all the mamas say, amen. That's pleasing. That quick response, yes ma'am, I'll do that. Yes ma'am, I'm, you know, they're right there. Not as slaves, but in training and teaching and guiding and helping them. So when we, that's when I'm so satisfied when they're, they're doers of the instruction that they've been given. Well, if we're gratifying the flesh, which means we're pleasing and satisfying, if the, the flesh is pleased, then that means we are immediately doing what it wants. That's how severe pleasing the flesh is, is that every time it says jump, you say how high in motion. Every time it gets angry, you are words, thoughts. Every time it says to do something, you know that the word of God has dealt with you not to do. Your spirit, that treasure on the inside of you is dealing with you. Don't do that. Don't go there. Don't say that. Don't go that direction in your life. And when you please the flesh, it's called an immediate response in that direction. It's not that you, oh, I've struggled. What happens is, is we get conditioned. This whole passage is talking about the man that satisfies the, the part of the body uh, or the part of us that is gonna be satisfying. We either satisfy the flesh or we're gonna gratify the Holy Spirit, satisfy the spirit. So the opposite, when it says we can gratify or please and satisfy the Holy Spirit, that denotes a being that is quick, to respond, quick to obey, quick to yield, always turned in that direction, always turned. You know, my, we, we have trained our children and not, we didn't have to do it in some kind of harsh way. It's just through the development as they gotten older and not giving any leniency. But now, I mean, they could be doing anything in the house. And when we say, Bubby, bear, nanny cake, You can be in my house, you can set up a videotape and you'll see, they'll say, yes, ma'am, and immediately they're moving. Immediately they're going. Immediately they're coming to me. There's no, yeah, from the other room. 
If I get a yeah from the other room, or how about this one, a no response, because they want me to get up and go to them. Ooh. Ooh. That doesn't happen. It's an immediate, yes, well, in that training, that's training them to respond to the Holy Ghost. That's not about me. I don't need that for my ego. I don't need that as a parent. I don't need that. I need them to learn that with me so they know it quicker with God. You gotta teach your children to be sensitive to some voice. They don't know the voice of God as skillfully as you know. That's the way it should be. They don't know that voice as skillfully. So what I'm gonna do is teach them to follow my voice and in teaching them and training, training them to immediately please my voice and satisfy my voice, I'm keeping, keeping them out of the ditch that Romans 8 spotlights and highlights. So to the flesh, you reap corruption. What does their flesh want to do? If the boys are playing video games, their flesh does not want to put down that controller. But I'm telling you what, I say, Bubby, and you'll hear, (laughs) yes, ma'am, and they're running. Why? I need him that what his flesh really wants is to play the game. But if I can train him that when I call him, and there's a reason that anytime There's a pull on his life and the voice of the spirit calls. That treasure on the inside starts rising up. He knows what to value. He doesn't value his flesh. He values what's on the inside of him, what's leading him. As I've done with kids, we have to still do this as for ourselves. Learning not to satisfy and please that flesh, please that carnal nature. We all have a carnal nature and there's even different weaknesses within our carnal nature. Things that we're given to. Bins that we have in our carnal nature. And so we're looking and we're examining ourselves always as to what we can deal with with that carnal nature. How we we can take that carnal nature, subdue that man. It says here, uh, look at verse six. Now the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit is death. Death that comprises all the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul peace, both now and forever. That is because the mind of the flesh with its carnal thoughts and purposes is hostile to God for it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Anytime you give into your flesh in any way, that is a hostility towards your father. It's a hostility, hostile, aggressive. You've made an aggressive move away from your father, aggressive move against his will. We have to be aggressive in his direction because your flesh will want to be aggressive in its own direction, in its own mind, and with its own ways because it wants to be pleased and satisfied. It's not getting new, uh, renewed, and better day by day. (laughs) We get new in here day by day. You know, I'm talking about, you know, it, it, the, when the scripture says uh, that on our in, the inner man is renewed day by day. This is not. The older we progress and the older we get in the things of God, 
what causes that maturity is not always just what, with what's on the inside, but what you're taking on the inside, what you're letting in, and how you're using it on the outside. So we said it's not just the hearer that's blessed. It's the doer. It's the doer. Say the doer. Because the doer took what you heard and you put it on the outside. You did something with your flesh with that word. You took the light, <laughs> the treasure that's in you, and you're letting that power flow out of you. Amen? Amen? Now, having dealt with that, I want us to understand these things because in order uh, to know how to draw out of that treasure in you, you're going to have to know what you're going to have to put down that's going to try to block and hinder that progress, and that's the flesh. Um, it talked about how we go back. Now go back to 2 Corinthians When, when you please your flesh, you gratify the flesh, you are pleasing and gratifying the powerless part of your being. The powerless part of your being just got the attention, the direction. It just got pleased. It just got stroked. It just got, uh, um, you know, rewarded. But when we gratify the spirit... We've just given attention to where the power flows from. If you look at it that way, that every time I try to please, every time I go to please my, my flesh and gratify my flesh, I am pleasing the powerless part of my being. But every time I want to be quick to respond to the Holy Spirit, that is the part where the power comes from. And this is oftentimes when crisis hits, when... Uh, Maybe we go, um, go to Hebrews chapter one real quick. Go to Hebrews so you can see this. Hebrews chapter one. So we can understand in this context. Hebrews one, verse nine. Talking about Jesus, you have loved righteous righteousness you've delighted in integrity virtue and uprightness and purpose on action and you have hated lawlessness injustice and iniquity therefore god even your god god had has anointed you with the oil of exultant joy and gladness above and beyond your companions the king james reads thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. That's talking about our Savior. He hated iniquity. He hated. Where does iniquity flow from? It doesn't flow from your spirit. It flows from your flesh. It flows from wrong thinking. The mind is going to go to what you cater to. It's going to go to who you... Too often we cater, it says we have a treasure in earth and vessel. What is a vessel? A container. Stop catering to the container. Do you cater to the container? Or do you cater to the treasure? I made cookies for the kids the other night from scratch. I don't cater to the bag of flour. I cater and I dig out of the flour that's in the container. When it's empty, I'm done with that container. It's going to get thrown away. I don't save the blue bag of flour and put it back on the shelf and say, isn't that great? All the things we made from that container. 
No, what's greatest is what was in the container. Where the power was to make the cookies was in what satisfied everybody was not the container. They can't even tell you what brand it is. They don't even know. All they know is now that there's cookies in a Tupperware sitting on the counter that are satisfying and blessing everybody's life. Why? Because we mixed what was in the container. Don't cater to the container. There's no power there. There's no, you can't produce anything. Can't produce anything from that bag. I can't produce anything from that jar. What's in it is what I need. What's in you is what you need. This is not what you need. So when we cater to what's in us, not to what the container, just this container, this is what holds that power here. (laughs) We got something to do. You have something to do for God. What is it that he has for you to do? It's going to flow from here, but you need this to do it. Amen. If I don't have a container for that flower, it's useless. It's just everywhere. (laughs) We're not called to just float around as spirits. We need a container to do the assignment that God has given us. But I don't cater to that container. Amen. So it said here, Jesus, he loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Iniquity comes from the flesh. He loved righteousness. You know what, dad? I love what dad you say. Righteousness is simply God's way of doing and being right. That's simple. Say, what's righteousness? That's such a big word. It's, he would say, it's God's way of doing and being right. We were made righteous, but we still have to, remember that's the treasure inside. We were made in here righteous. This is not righteous. This on the inside is the treasure of righteousness that's in us. There's, that righteousness is in that treasure. And when we take that righteousness and then when we act in our flesh, God's way of doing and being right here, now we're demonstrating the love we have for righteousness and how we hate iniquity. And the result of that for Jesus is the same result for you. Joy. Joy. You'll be the oil of gladness. You'll enjoy life. Joy is not coming from the container. It's coming from what's in there. Joy comes from within you. What's in you that will satisfy and please. And not only will it please you and satisfy you, it'll bless everyone around you. Because that's what it said. It flows, that glory and that power flow from the inside of you. But if we're always recognizing and satisfying the powerless side of us, the powerless, this is the power, your flesh is the powerless part of your being. And this is what happens when we don't hate iniquity and all of a sudden we come up to a situation and we need power. Where have we been used to flowing from? Where have we been used to to satisfying? All of a sudden we realize, I need the satisfaction that only my spirit can provide. I need the healing that only my spirit can provide. I need the increase that only my spirit can. When you're quick to obey your spirit and you make satisfying the Holy Ghost, your goal and your aim, it's very quick to receive from God. It's very quick. When you're quick to respond to your spirit, It's quick to receive from your spirit. 
And we wonder sometimes why it can be a struggle, but it's the day-to-day life. That's why it says in, it talks about, and, and, and we won't take time to turn there, but Romans 14, 7 uh, talks about the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. What comes first? Righteousness. What came first? Righteousness, then peace, then joy. God's way of doing and being right will lead you in a life of peace and joy just as Jesus had. When we hate iniquity, when we uh, hate that which the flesh wants to do and respond with, putting that down. No, you're not putting yourself down. (laughs) You're putting that nature. You're just dismissing the old man, the old nature. Uh, But... That's not the primary point I want to get to. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 7, because I just am so stirred. However, we possess this precious treasure. The emphasis, if you'll emphasize, if you struggle with things in your flesh, if you'll focus you got to recognize the things that you need to deal with. You know, don't, um, I don't bless my home and my spouse by just saying, I'm God's child (laughs) and I'm a new man on the inside and he loves me. And you know, these are wonderful things. I mean, you know, I'm talking about just from a natural standpoint and don't acknowledge you know what, I come up a little bit short over here and a little bit short over here and go, you know what, Holy Ghost, help me. You know, so I'm not dismissing that, that we ask the Spirit for help, wisdom, help to deal with this man. He's not wanting you to do it on your own. It's dealing with the flesh is not about a self-will. Hey, that willpower to put my flesh. No, there, there is power on the inside of you in every believer to help and aid and assist at putting that old man back, putting that carnal man away. But what we were saying earlier, if you'll cater to the, what's on the inside and not cater to what's on the outside, it's a lot easier to ignore and you'll even miss the promptings of the outside because you're so much flowing, and so interested in the treasure on the inside. Get interested that there's something in you. Not up here, not out here, not the way I look, not the way I think, not where I went to school, not anything on the outside, but I'm really most interested in this treasure. I, I'm, well, let's see here. There's this, we possess this precious treasure, the divine light of the gospel and a frail human vessels of earth that the grander and exceeding greatness of power may be shown to be from God and not from ourselves. You are meant to show and display through miracle signs and wonders, through every need being met, through healing and divine health flowing in your body, through peace, through joy, through love, through everything that you exude is the power of God. 
and everything is taken care of, but it comes from the treasure. Now, that treasure specifically says here is the word, but I wanna get even more specific with that. Before we do that, actually go with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter three, and we're gonna get, once we get to the main point, we're just gonna shut her down and leave it there and send you home. Because I want you to go home with this, the primary thing that the Spirit of God wants emphasize. First of all, that treasure in you, but really what is that? Ephesians chapter three, and get this in your mind, just to, just to build a small picture. We love the movie, The Count of Monte Cristo. How many of you like that movie? That's a good movie. And he went from being a prisoner, I mean, not just a prisoner, but tore up. He was tore up. He was rough. He was on his way, you know, barely any food, digs his way out. If you haven't seen the movie, he digs his way out of this prison that no one's ever supposed to escape from, ends up getting out miraculously, and then finds his way to this island Uh, meets up with this man, and I'm giving you like the really short version. You're missing all the good stuff, okay? So don't judge it by my description. We're on a time crunch here. Uh, But you gotta go see the, 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 the details of the movie. And he goes and they find this treasure hidden on an island in a cave down underneath where nobody could see it had been been tucked away because this older man that was this old man that had died that was helping him they were both supposed to get out together he died uh, and he had told him about this he knew and was there when this treasure they put this hidden this treasure so he goes he finds this treasure and all of a sudden when he gets this treasure he becomes a different man doesn't he how many of you seen the movie? Becomes a totally different man. His name changes. His hair changes. Looks like my husband's hair. I love it. If you haven't seen him without it slicked back. His hair changes. Uh, what, do you, what do you say? He said, wow. You need a haircut right now. Anyway, put that down. Um... Write that down. For, yeah, Sunday. Um, but everything about him changes. And you know what else changed? His status in society. He finds the treasure. And then all of a sudden from that treasure, his whole status changes. The way people look at him, what he could do, how he could, why he took of that treasure and he would spend it and use it. He, there's one part where he wants to buy a home that's not even for sale. And he goes, and the guy says, oh, you don't even have enough. And he opens up one of the treasure boxes. Ooh. And he goes, you can have it. What happened? That treasure spent. That treasure spoke. That treasure had power. That treasure had authority. That treasure changed his status. That treasure changed everything about his life, the way people looked at him, the way people talked to him, the way people addressed him, the amount of people that wanted to be around him. He went from nobody. He was a reject of society. But once he had that treasure 
And you know what he did? He didn't pull it all out at once. He would go back and get more. He would go back at when he needed it and he'd dig up, he, they'd pull up more from the bottom of that cave in the ocean and they'd pull it up and they'd go spend it and use it. What was he doing? He recognized the source of what he had was from that treasure. And he wouldn't neglect the treasure. He kept going back to it. That's what happens. It, it's new money. It's new money. So what did he do? He didn't, he wasn't going to live just with everything tucked away and just can't content him himself and enough for, he wanted to take that treasure and he had a purpose with it too. He's going to get him some revenge. <laughs> That's not what our treasure is for. <laughs> Only on the devil. But he did, he had an enemy. He had an enemy that took everything from him that meant something to him. This treasure in us, when you find, when someone out there that's not theirs, see if it's yours, it's not a treasure. <laughs> it's when you find it. Why they, call, why they call it lost treasure, stolen treasure. You know, it's somebody else's that you found. Well, Jesus took a treasure and put it on the inside of you. And when you have a time of need and when things get difficult and when pressure's on your mind and when uh, circumstances arise or you, don't, you, you recognize that who I am, uh, I'm not living the way God made me to be, what do we do? Go back to the treasure. Stop looking out here. Stop trying to gain, you know, with some kind of education, some kind of, you know, if I can just make this deal and work this. If we'll live out of that treasure, everything, your status changes, your finances change. All of a sudden you're impacting people around you. People want to be with you. People want to be, they're drawn to you. Why? From that treasure in earthen vessel. But if you look here at Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians chapter 3, because this is so precious, what this treasure, at the, the heart of it, what it really is. Ephesians 3, verse 18, may be able to comprehend, verse 17 said that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye be rooted and grounded in what? Love. May be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, and to know the love of Christ with pass, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. And it says over in Romans 5, 5, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Shed so much that it takes a prayer to pray that you may know the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of it. The treasure in you, first and foremost, is the love of God. Love sent Jesus to the cross, love shed his blood, love sent him to hell, love raised him up again, and love put him on the inside of you. When you are faced with anything that is contrary to the word of God or contrary to what you desire in life, when you're going back to that treasure, you're going back to the love of God. You're not just going back for a, to, to, to something on the inside of you that you got to work and you got to, you know, the power and I got to pull this out of me and I got to get this going and I got to, 
That's not the fight of faith. The fight also has a rest to it, and that rest is in the love of God. If you want to know when it says there's a treasure in earth and vessel, that greatest treasure in you is the love of God that has been shed abroad in your heart and that you will comprehend and know the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height of it. What is that? The whole container that holds everything that God has provided for you. The container in you, the treasure box in you is love. And it holds everything that you will ever need in this life. And you want to know something? It'll hold everything that somebody else needs in this life. This is the importance of the treasure in you. It's not just for you. It is for somebody else, but it's to take care of everything that you may face, every fear, every anxiety, every worry. When we live in this realm, we have, li- we have stepped out of who, it, it's as if the Count of Monte Cristo went right back to the prison cell. Yeah. With all that money and all that treasure he had, it, what if he said, well, I'm just happy. I've been living here for so long in this prison cell. That's all I know. Remember, he, he laid down on the floor. He would sleep on the floor because that's all he knew was sleeping on a hard stone floor in that prison cell. He didn't know how to sleep in a bed anymore. Don't go back to the prison cell of the mind and the body when on the inside you have been made so rich in the love of God the fullness of the riches of God, that treasure in you. I want to live by that treasure. And you get up in the morning and there's bombardment on your mind and there's fear. Go back to that treasure. Father, I worship you. I praise you. I thank you for that treasure that you've given me. I know the length, the, the depth, the height, the breadth of your love for me. I'm walking in the fullness of it. I'm walking in the fullness of your, your goodness and your mercy. I want to do, do right, be right in every way that you have. Father, I'm, I, no more iniquity, no more. I hate the ways of the old man. And I love the ways of the new man that's on the inside of me. This is how you get back into that, tapping into that treasure, to the love of God, by spending time in his presence, worshiping him, praising him, talking to him about his word. That love of God will take care of everything that you need. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll close with that tonight. Praise the Lord. Make that, make that treasure in you so important. So important. So put the value on it that you can't live every day unless you go to that treasured place, that place in the spirit, that place with him, that place in his love. And when we do that, because it talked about in the first scripture, that that treasure and earthen vessel from it flows the power and the glory, how much quicker will things get done for you? How much faster will things begin to work for you? How much faster will power, how much easier is it for power to begin to flow out? And you'll find that things in this life get answered so much quicker. There's not a labor and a difficulty because you're not having to get past this carnal. There's no power in uh, catering to the container. Go to the treasure on the inside. Amen. Stand with me to your feet. Turn to somebody before you're dismissed. And don't forget to check the lost and found. Pick up Panera. Any other announcements, Miss Chelsea? Pastor Nancy will be here Sunday. We are so grateful. Dr. Hadaball, 
is in the Bible school this week. And I tell you that he is one of the finest. He, he's teaching on prosperity this week, aren't you? This man can teach on prosperity in every way, every way, especially that prosperity of the mind. Him and his wife, they live it, they walk it. They are a gift to our, our family, not just the ministry, our family personally. We value their friendship and value them so much. So the students, those of you who have not heard him, this is a good week. You don't want to be skipping out. I'll know about it too. So turn to somebody before you're dismissed and say, Pastor Nancy's going to be here on Sunday. Thank you for joining us. To learn more about World Harvest Church, please visit our website at defrainministries.org.